Hello and welcome everyone to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson and like always, I'm joined by my brother from another mother, Corey BMTG. How's it going, bro? Woo! It is going so good. A little bored, but so good. Your answer is always so good, then something actually bad, and then also something good. (laughs) You know what? I like to even it out with two goods cancel out a bad, you know, and I feel that's the best we can do during these quarantines. Well, as as I know, <laughs> as a content producer, when I look at comments, I think that 50 goods cancel out one bad. <laughs> 50 <laughs> yeah. people be like, this is awesome. And someone's like, you're a fat piece of shit. And, and then I just go to sleep. I'm a fat piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's relatable content. I was reading my comments even today on my drop and bomb. So I feel you on that. Yeah. All right. So just so you know, anyone that is listening that has not been a part of the Bash Bros podcast family. You can find this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Also, each show comes with its own special guest. And oh, so special. So special. So, so special. And uh, so we wanted to bring in someone because a huge announcement came out uh, last week. Times are changing fast, bro. With yeah, this are. quarantine, things, at least in our world, are not slowed down because people are trying to figure out their footing in the new you know, ecosystem. Yeah, so, and, you know, people are still trying to entertain other people with, uh, you know, different tournaments and stuff. Exactly. So and so Channel Fireball Events partnered with uh, Wizard of the Coast, announced an entire new, brand new uh, tournament series online. And um, it had like two weeks of qualifiers into a weekly championship with $25,000 prize pool. And then those two weekly championships qualified for a season finals. Now, yeah, since this was a Channel Fireball uh, a new Channel Fire- Fireball tournament series, we thought we'd bring in an ex-Channel Fireball employee. <laughs> and that is none other than content creator Brian Brown doing. How's it going, BBD? Yeah, it's going great. This announcement, I got some issues. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it all went to shit and... December of 2016 now. Was it that long ago? It was. Wow, I can't even believe that, really. Wow, their website has really turned around since then. I was wondering why (laughs) the big change. but You're wondering why you started started going to it in January of 2017 when previously you were not. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Now I've been really invested in their website, you know, but before, not so much. Also, oh, for man. people who don't know me, I'm yeah, I'm Brian Brown doing I'm the special guest for this week's episode, and I'm a fat piece of shit. <laughs> I actually, or at least that's what? the comments I got when I wrote for Channel Fireballs. <laughs> what I was led to believe. So I'm not I'm not gonna lie. When I was saying that earlier, I thought I heard you chuckle. Did I get a BBD chuckle? You did. Yeah, that's you did. great. That is great. BBD, I, I was I'm sorry. Actually, you everything that you said in that period of time were things I was queuing up to say myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of you, Brad. I really. BBD, I left all those comments in your CFB articles <laughs> that you were a fat p h a t piece of shit. Man. Oh I did my! Not yeah. I was okay. trying to say you're fly, so I, I'm sorry if you took it the wrong way, man. Yeah, I did. I, I misread that completely, and now yeah, I actually feel great. I feel great about myself now. Actually, now that I know the truth, so maybe they'll maybe they'll take you back, bud. Maybe they will. Who knows? <laughs> so, so um, I want to clarify for one thing that things ended on good terms between us. It was my decision, not theirs. So I just want to be. Yes. I have no. 
I don't want I, I don't want people to take this as me trashing Channel Fireball in any way. I'm not trying to do that. I, wow, way to boring down the intro, BBD. I, I'm sorry. I just I don't want I don't want to create drama out of nothing for no reason. So BBD, if you think anyone takes our podcast seriously, you're on a whole nother level here. Uh, I, I think I think well, I know three people who don't, but <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think that our listeners actually um, respect what we say, but, uh, you know, they come from, come along on the ride of us just like throwing random, you know, digressions into what we're talking about. But yeah, yeah I would but, at but least Bradley, ass- but Bradley, our viewers think we're all fat pieces of shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. The viewer, well, they <laughs> get to actually see us. Yeah. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was video killed our career. <laughs> our star. You gotta yeah. put star in there. Oh somewhere. star in there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All, right, All right, what are we talking about today, bro? So um well I I wanna just see how everyone's doing with the quarantine. Um because I I have not left I left my house for like thirty minutes once since the last podcast. Starbucks delivers now? No, I had I had to go I had to go to the bank one last time before the quarantine, and you know I talked to one person, I touched mm-hmm. one pen, and I brought like two. I had more types of sanitary things on my person than I touched items. Yeah, and it blows my mind that people are still going on vacation stuff. You know, like oh yeah, or like spring break and stuff like that down in Florida and. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah. crazy. It, 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 it's it's just insane to me. And like, and this is just you know, this is getting more serious than others thinking. Like, I didn't even like going out, but I did go to Starbucks once. They had gloves on, and I brought wipes and wiped down the whole cup before I even took a drink. Mm. And I don't know if like I'm doing things that actually lessen my chances, or or even if there was that much odds in the first place. But you know, I'm taking a lot of precautions. Yeah, I mean, you're in one of the scariest uh, places, so I think uh, it is definitely right for you to do so. And also, like, you know, younger people aren't dying to this, but I am a fat piece of shit. <laughs> and, and so I am a little worried about this. P-H-A-T. Yeah, yeah. P-H, please, yeah. Yeah, I'm about to leave the house later today for the first time in weeks. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. You mean years. Yeah. Weren't you quarantining much before this? Maybe? I have. I've been quarantining my entire life, but you still got to leave the house sometimes. <laughs> Only for yeah. necessities, but. Yeah. And honestly, you know, from my end, I, I'll be leaving for Versus Live and, you know, coming straight home. Occasionally, we've played tennis on this like secluded tennis court where there's no one ever really around. But even that, I kind of feel like maybe I shouldn't be doing, even though there's really no reported cases in Roanoke yet, but I'm sure plenty you can, uh, unrecorded. You can you know? go outside. It's not it's not never leave your house. It's just yeah. keep yourself yeah, Just away going from- to a public place, I feel, is kind of iffy, but it is also in, you know, pretty tucked away uh, in itself. But I think if nobody I think else tennis is there. Court, yeah, I think two people on a tennis court alone is fine. Oh, yeah, totally. I think that is one of the most social distancing uh, friendly sports is tennis. You have to be across the net from the other person. So. Just just um, one one thing that I've heard, just be uh, really safe if you have to get gas, though. Yeah, because oh. it's, it's, stick, it's sticking on the gas pumps and people are getting it uh, through gas pumps. Yeah, be careful. Oh, with gas that pumps. makes a lot of sense. Yes. Think about like you have to just be conscious of what other people are touching constantly, you know, like like. For example, you shouldn't touch a gas pump, but you can totally touch BBD. 
Yeah, and like an a- an ass pump is okay, right? Gas pumps are questionable, but <laughs> can you define an ass pump for me? And in fact, define hey. it for our audience as well. Uh, Sorry, as a guys, person- that's that's for the higher Patreon tiers. Oh, so, okay. So, so as a person that actually worked in a porn slash novelty store, I can describe what an ass pump is. Oh. I do know what it is. Perfect. I would like in depth explanation of what it is how it's used yeah and as a person who used to wait at said uh said adult uh novelty store in the back room waiting for brad to get off i'd like to stay in the back of the room on this one waiting for brad so what you might want (laughs) to you might want (laughs) to change your phrasing on that one get off work or uh excuse me uh both i meant all right all right All right, all right. Switching topics now before please, I say something I please. do not want to, uh, that I'll regret. Um, so, yeah, quarantine has been interesting. And, you know, a lot of anything I look on social media infuriates me, whether it is, you know, misinformation or the actual information. Like when I look at the actual information, it it scares me. And when I hear the misinformation, it scares me even more. So um, there's, there's nowhere I'm looking and feeling at ease. So I've kind of been taking a step back from that and just yeah. doing my part of just, we're going to stay safe here. If I have a friend or family member that is in drastic uh, trouble that I will be there for them. But that's about, that's the most, my mental health can't take taking all of this stuff in right now. It is, it yeah. is costing me sleep and yeah, I, I'm messed me up. I'm yeah. 100% with you. I, I've contained this to just like looking at it once a day, you know, just to try to stay informed uh, because I feel that's, you know, kind of my job as well as everybody's job um, following this is to is to stay informed and know what's up. But yeah, looking at it every day and constantly and stuff, I just can't do it. Like I'm just I'm just sitting at home, stressed, pacing, sad, you know, scared, whatever. Yeah, and I, I think limiting it to one has been very helpful. A lot of people have a lot of extra time on their hands now because of this and spending that time on social media is probably not the best use of it. And I'm not saying that in like a judgmental way, but just a mental, a mental health kind of way that social media <laughs> is, is not there to improve your mental health. That's for sure. But there, there yeah. is a game that just came out that is improving a lot of people's mental health and that's Animal Crossing. Yes. A- yep. Amber just, Amber just picked that up and holy shit. Is that game just one? I, it's like, it's like an overdose of just happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a, a dopamine hit as as often as you possibly can of just cute little animals and bugs and Wait, uh, wait, wait a minute. They found a way to put ecstasy into a video game? <laughs> well, on, I don't funny. know how to respond to that. I also Come don't on, know how to, I I wanted to respond to it but I just didn't know what to say. Uh, <laughs> All right, I threw uh, <laughs> I threw Brad and BBD off. I, the, today's going well. Yeah. All right. So I actually, let's actually. I was oh, gonna what? say that I saw uh, my sister sent me a meme just regarding the quarantine thing that it was like in in a in a complete reversal of fate. I'm now telling my mom to stay home instead of yeah my mom <laughs> instead of my parents telling me to stay home. Yeah, like from when I you were a teenager. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's it is it, it is it is really crazy. I had to do the same thing. I was like, Dad, you can't go on vacation and like mom, you really need to work from home, but she's like forced to. Yeah, I've been I've been office. doing the same thing, like messaging my parents, like, hey, hope you guys are not going out all the time. My parents Dude, are really I, social, so Yeah. 
Same. My mom is actually like not taking it seriously. And she's just like, oh, well, I just went, I just had to go to the bank. I mean, I was like, mom, you can do everything online or whatever. My but 70s. She, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. But she also has COPD. So I'm just like, mom, what are you doing? Like, you have to take this seriously. So uh, my, my grandma is 77 and she's actually in very good health. Yeah, she um, and uh, she, you know, she's one of those that never used elevators once they, you know, she, she worked in places that had to build once they made elevators, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and she never used them. And even after retirement, she stayed very active. So she, I mean, she's very spry. Um, and uh, she's still going to bingo though. She's, you know, a- like she's, she, unless she's it closed down. She's still going to bingo. Unless they closed it down, but the last I've heard, she was still going to bingo, and it was, like, really pissing me off. And to be fair, you know, I mean, uh, Brad's grandma is in Mandan, North Dakota, where people just in general are not taking it as seriously because it's not as dense of a population. So, you know, it's maybe not as many numbers there, and it doesn't look as scary from North Dakota, but, you know, it's going to get there, and it's going to start to look pretty scary there, too. Yeah, Yeah, I also don't want to paint anything politically too much but it's also a more conservative area where i feel like conservatives are are more inclined to be less serious about the virus but yes and and she is full full uh infused into that that climate um i don't know how to say it but anyway let's move on because yes last friday there was a huge 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 announcement um channel fireball events talked about um launching this entire series that started this Monday. So four days after the announcement that they were going to not only have 24 seven coverage um, at the channel fireball Twitch channel, they just have something on there at all times. Yep. Um, And not only that, but a a ton of different commentators and events were on the clock Four events each day. And this is going to go for 12 days. So now we're doing this. We're, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, three days in. The podcast comes out on the fourth day. And so far, you know. What um, day do we rest? Is that the seventh day? Oh, um, no, that's every day during quarantine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so so this is this is a crazy time for, for, um, for Magic players because we didn't have, you know, tournaments. And now there's a lot of tournaments that qualify for these uh, weekly championships. Uh, now, Brian and I are just automatically qualified for the weekly championships because we're awesome. Really? How? MPL. MPL and rivals get automatically qualified for the weekly championships. What the hell? Wow. So buys at GPs are back? Son of a. The, well, ri- the rich get richer, Corey. <laughs> to be, yeah. to be fair, to be fair, I mean, this will happen to other people, but to be fair, I would put the likelihood of, like, I don't know how the likelihood of Brian playing it, but I'm probably not even going to play it. Um, yeah. Because, like, I, I have a player's tour invite already, and. Besides that, like it is a two day event where if I just won every single round and played for like 16 hours, um, I would end up with with a thousand dollars. And like for me, that's just not worth the time investment Two two days of my life lately with like, you know, the launch of Melee and other stuff that I'm doing and trying to set up for the launch of Ikoria. I I mean, I, I just couldn't waste two days. Yeah, I kind of feel like playing one and streaming it just. Because I haven't done that in a very Dude, long. Oh my god! People would, people do would lose their minds if you do that. I'll have you Dude, up in the background. I won't <laughs> even play the tournament. I'll just watch your stream. I I, I, I miss you that much. So uh, all right. I, would, I, I, I would say that I would say when I'm streaming, um, lately I've done like three or four streams in the last couple of weeks. Um, I would at, at least say five percent minimum of my messages when we're not on a topic. You know. 
Yeah. I would say like 20% of just the random statements people make is when is Brian going to be uh, coming to, to like lurk up into my stream or when's Brian going to stream? Like people are fiending for you. Same. And I still have the BBD behind a dumpster emote that I'm sure you're aware of BBD. Uh, That one is still my most popular emote. People just spam that and just say, where's the, I think they're talking about the dumpster, not really the BBD, but you know, it's still. So, so would you, so would you say they're 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 just asking for Eric Nall? <laughs> maybe, maybe <Yeah. laughs> they're just BBD, curious where Eric Nall is. Yeah. BBD, why do you stand behind Eric Nall all the time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I support him in most of the things that he does. I don't actually know what Eric Nall does, so I don't want to say everything. But yeah. well, That's it's a multi. Fair. He's a multi-purpose dumpster. Oh um, yeah, there's a lot of mm, yeah yeah. But yeah, no. If you stream it, that would be awesome. I would love to watch it. I'd love to come down and you know have some. Tom Fruller between the rounds. Six feet apart, though. Yeah, six feet apart. Well, (laughs) yeah, but so that would be awesome (laughs) if you play that. Um, But that's not a guarantee. Just that throwing out there is something I'm I'm considering doing. Everyone tweet at him. If you love him, tweet at him. I'm tweeting right now. All right. So (laughs) so let's talk about these weekly championships. They're they're on weekends, the next uh, this weekend and then uh, the next two weekends. and if you top 32 of the events, you'll get qualified for the season final. If you top eight the event, you'll get qualified for a player's tour invite. Now, the season finals is a $50,000 prize pool, but this doesn't make sense to me. Um, because there's two qualifiers for the season finals yeah. that, I, that I understand there's only two qualifiers. And only the top 32 of each event qualify. And the prizes go down to 130th. <laughs> Yeah. And it's only 64 people that should be qualified. Well, I guess it's a little less than $50,000 prize pool because you get to cut off uh, 65th through 130th. Yeah, and and everyone just gets added. If you qualify, you'll just make more money there. Um, yeah. You'll guarantee prizes there. So I and, and I haven't seen them address this. So either I'm wrong and I don't understand why I'm wrong. No, I or, think you're right on this. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So, and and no one's talked about this, or maybe they have, and I haven't seen it in my and in my... and one factor to even lower the amount of numbers is what if somebody top thirty two is both of them, right? That that takes away a spot. Mm-hmm. Unless it passes down, yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, I, I don't think I don't think they do pass down. Um, but yeah, so if that's the case, then I don't really understand. The season finals is going to be a little wonky, but whatever. They threw this together in like five days. Yeah. And they launched it four days later. I don't know how many days they worked on it. Maybe longer than five days. I, I have no idea the length that they did this, but I know that they, from announcement to execution, it was four days, and they had to and, have all this set up. Yeah, and was, you know, at the end of this season finals, they're gonna look back and say, "Okay, we should have did." This. It's not like they're gonna be like, "Okay, this was perfect. We nailed it." You know, like you said, they they threw it together. So there's gonna be problems. There's gonna be things well, that don't make sense. When, truth be told, when I heard about the announcement, I thought it was just going to be a complete shit show and it was gonna be all over the internet. Yeah. But, uh, but it's looked pretty cool. They've been handling it. Yeah. It, it looks man- it looks really sweet. I, I think this is a tournament series that people really needed. So I, I don't a distraction. know. Yeah. I I think it's really cool that they're doing this. I've seen people <clears throat> raise the notion that they're worried about like the death of paper magic with all these online tournaments i'm not i don't share the same fears i think that watsi is heavily monetarily invested in paper magic's success so i I don't think that this is going to cause anything towards the death of paper but i do think that right now when people can't really go 
play magic in person very well that this is this is exactly what we needed is these, honestly, these online tournaments. Honestly though, BBD, just think of like week one of SCG events that are actually like able to go. I mean, you know, we all hope that we get to this point where we're able to go back and just everything's gonna be normal again. Just imagine the attendance of that first SCG. It's gonna be gigantic. I'm not Maybe. sure that that's true. I don't, I don't think I don't that's know. true. I also, it, feel, it also, feels like a third or fourth one that's going to be big. Yeah, so, yeah. Maybe the first one, people would still be a little scared of the. And people might not have the cards. Like, how long in the future is this going to be? You know, we we actually don't know what will happen. Like, th- this yeah. this thing could last a very a very long time, much longer than we think. And who knows how it will affect all kinds of aspects of our lives. So, but yes. my president told me we're going back to work next week. <laughs> not my president um <laughs> yeah so <sure>. so okay <laughs> so uh on this note though like about you know the death of paper magic like i'm in business with mtg melee online tournament software tournaments like this are exactly what we're designed to do mm-hmm. and so hopefully you know this this came around around the raw like everything just didn't line up to where like you know uh, if we were up a few, you know, a few weeks earlier, maybe this was run with us, but, yeah. um, so the whole, the whole thing about, um, the LGS or like, you know, paper magic is I'm actually very afraid for the LGSs, not because of digital events, but because of, um, coronavirus. Yeah. Oh yeah. And how are they going to stay open during how, time? how are they going to survive yeah. through this amount of time? And, and so like. You know, one of my goals with Melee is to, you know, provide a platform for LGSs to run events that maybe like help their communities help them with some, you know, some way to, to stay alive and and to keep their businesses going during this tough time. So, like, if, you know, they, each individual tournament organized or each LGS, individual LGS is going to have to figure out their own ways and things like that. Stores are going to be are, are going to close because of this, though. Yeah. And and, you know, if more if if a lot of them do, that's going to hurt paper magic way more than online platforms. That's just the evolution of things. But the the truth is magic players still like to meet and greet and play with each other. And um, that's just, you know, we can just see that over the course of magic online has had magic tournaments forever. And and yes, if that they get better and we improve them and we have arena and all of this goes smoothly. Some people might not want to, but the 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 other side of this is if this online digital world gets bigger and stronger and pulls more magic players in to actually play the game in, in an acquisition sense, then it's not like those players don't just go out and buy collections and go start playing magic tournaments. Like, like for example, if you take a, like, a, let's talk about a bloody bloody never touched magic until last year when she started streaming it. Now she's starting to buy cards and go to tournaments. You know, she qualified for a players tour final, you know, yep, yep. Or, a, or a regional players tour. So like, yeah, like that, that transition just exists. You can't, you can't, if you want to play magic at the highest competitive levels, there are some paths online, but a lot of them are in real life and they're at LGSs. And I just, I have not seen these digital players come in and not start you know, their paper collections as well. I've just seen most of them do this. Yeah, I think people are going to play Magic in the place where they want to play Magic, you know, if they have the Mm -hmm. luxury to do so. Magic is still a luxury hobby. Um, Yes. But, like, people are going to play Magic wherever they prefer to play it. And some people really like playing paper Magic, and some people who started playing MTG Arena as their introduction to Magic 
or maybe their way to come back to magic if they haven't played for 10 years or whatever, those people might find that they really enjoy like the local game store and playing paper magic and stuff and they might get into it. So it goes, it goes both ways. Um, there's also a number of people who play at their local store who probably don't really enjoy it that much, but it's their only way to play magic. And they, I think a lot of those players have probably quit doing that now that they can play online a lot easier because they just wanted a platform to play magic and they don't, they maybe they didn't like their local store or it wasn't yeah. the scene for them. So it, it does cut both ways. Um, but yeah, it's it's not like the two kind of work together in some ways. It's not like one just kills the other. Well, I mean, also, I, I, I sorry, go ahead, Brad. Oh, I was gonna say also like, like I just want to bring in one thing for um, like my dream with MTG Melee. It's like like there's a lot of different things that I want to work towards and things like that with this platform. Um, and but. Like in a perfect world, I could envision like only 14 of the slots for the SCG Players Championship are tabletop, and two of them just come from arena tournaments. Like Star City Games would design arena tournaments and a way to integrate both platforms. That'd be genius. Yeah. And two of them, you know, they qualify through arena, they show up to SCG, they play there, you know? Or like the NRG series can have some online qualifiers and offline qualifiers, you know? I mean, it, it's impossible yeah. to make work, though, because, like, what if somebody from Italy qualifies on Arena? You know, they're going to have to pay their travel there. You know, I mean, there's so many... It, it'd be really narrow are to, some, if you're on the East Coast, you know? but Yeah, they kind of did that with the MPL. Not the MPL, but, like, they kind of did that a little bit last year where they had, arena, like, with Pro Magic, with Arena tournaments and Paper tournaments. There are some hurdles to to overcome with that one of them is that if you qualify via arena you maybe did it only playing standard because that's all you can play on arena or like maybe historic or something too and then you're going to this players championship that's like pioneer (laughs) modern modern, (laughs) pioneer modern and standard you don't own any paper cards at all you know like there there's you might and like what Corey said, like yeah, you you might be from somewhere all over the world where getting getting to the U.S. is maybe even impossible for you. So I, there's there are some hurdles to clear. I'm not saying that they're well, unclearable, but they well, they do exist. So well, that's fortunate for you, a person in that situation, because they can pick a different tournament organizer on our platform to play in their events instead. I just think like I understand what you're saying, but it's like an option that they get. You know, people that opt people will get to opt into this opportunity. Yeah, true. And, true. And, you wouldn't and, start and this opportunity. Also, if there no way. Also, the that we could just counter. I don't think the whole like you'd have to fly someone from Italy is a bad thing. This is an opportunity for people in Italy to be a part of the SCG thing. It opens no, that that's a, a positive. Everyone, I'm I'm saying that's not might not be possible. Not that it's not something that could happen. Sure. Yeah, okay. Like, yeah. We don't know. You know, there's a lot going on in the world. So, but I, yes, I think yes. I think something like that would be awesome, though, Brad. Oh, I'm I'm not speaking about this with Corona. Yeah, like, and I mean, like, honestly, yeah. all of this stuff we're talking about here, whether or not LGSs are going to be, you know, coming back and stuff, it just, you know, there's no way for us to know. And, you know, it's all because of this COVID-19. So when this is all over, I would assume everything bounces back. It's not like, you know, it depends uh, on how long is it. We really just don't know. You know, that's the thing. Is things are, I don't think things are going to bounce back the same. Like, I don't think Magic is going to die from this, but I do think that, it's going to take a while for things to rebound. Like people are going to be hurting financially. Magic is an expensive game. 
like I know in my, I know for myself speaking that I've quit I quit magic a number of different times and the reason every time was that I couldn't afford to play it's not that I didn't want to um so you know there's going to be a lot of people who are not going to be able to continue to play magic financially and maybe in year a couple years or some amount of months or something they'll be able to rebound to do so but it I I think magic is going to take a hit from this everywhere oh, so. Wait a minute BBD you're saying you Every time you've quit Magic, it's been because you couldn't afford it? Mm-hmm. Well, then, is WoW that expensive that you quit now that you, you can't <laughs> afford to play Magic any longer? Is oh, I can't afford it. Well, or? I can't afford it, but for a very different reason. So. <laughs> okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> Brian, Brian I, I have a question for you real quick. All right. What's up? Uh, I just have to find it in here. Where is the thing? Oh, no. <laughs> where, 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 where in our... Where in our um, in our Discord are the pictures that Special K always posts? I think they're in BBD's out of body experience. That's what it is. All right, yeah, because uh, I needed the name. I was just like, did you did you take a hit on the green hills of Stranglethorn pages stock market to where you can no longer afford magic cards? <laughs> yeah, look, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to bring up sensitive subjects, but the green hills market's been really struggling lately, and I'm that's that's. <laughs> Being a hundred percent serious about it. Now I, I have a question though. I have, I have, a, I have all right, all right. Everyone, 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 stop laughing. I actually have a very serious question to ask Brian. Okay. okay. Did you or did you not know about coronavirus before making these stock market changes? <laughs> I did not know about it. Okay, good, good. Okay, okay. Good. That's insider you, trading. Yeah, yeah, there's been no insider trading. <laughs> Hey, wait. Right. Also, also, guys, I know this is kind of a little bit off topic, but I just noticed the season finals $50,000 prize pool event goes down to 130th place, where the other one goes to 128th place. What? That's a little weird. <laughs> well, we also know that like there's only 64 people qualified, so like... <laughs> yeah, and like, that's there's... if they can all play, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know what's happening, like, whatever. Like, I think it's a really cool thing that they did. Uh, there's a few issues with it, I think, with, like these graphics um i might be wrong who knows but let's actually talk about um you know what's been going on so people started yeah. playing monday morning at 3 a.m pacific uh specific time what's the d again pdd daylight so there's two different pacific daylight, daylight time, time? yeah it's yeah. yeah different phases based on what like half of the year we're in regards to daylight time they call it yeah if you things. ever yes. need any advice on that brad i'm an expert on time zones so. yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> Corey is our resident time zone expert yeah yeah so so a little bit behind the scenes a few times Corey will be like all right we'll just do it three o'clock we'll do uh, we're, we're trying we'll do to schedule our podcasts we're trying to figure out yeah, when to trying- schedule the recording of it because it's not we try to do it the sa- roughly the same time every week, but sometimes we have obligations and stuff. So. Yeah, and we nail it every time. <laughs> but every once in a while, we'll be like, all right, so we're going to do it at, at 3 your time, Corey. And he's like, oh, is that like 6 p.m. your time? It's like, no, for forever, <laughs> we're three hours behind you, forever. <laughs> I like, screwed up one day really bad. Like, I, I just said, okay, I have to do this thing. Let's meet at this time, PDT. And and then I'm like ready at my computer. I was like, "What's up, y'all?" And they're just like, "No, dude, you're an idiot. It's completely wrong time." So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really crushed a day. <laughs> but so so let's actually talk about some of the six O lists now. The qualifiers throughout the week are six rounds: five one and six O. 
uh, make it to the next um, the weekly championship, the weekly championships. And I think that's roughly around like one in nine competitors, if I got that right. Um, Depends on the number of entrants. So, yes, but I think it's roughly one in nine entrants. Um, And uh, but I'm just looking at the decks that did really well. So um, one of the not surprises is just guy fires um, has the most already qualified from the time that we're recording this podcast, which is five, five, six O's. Yeah. And I don't know all the five ones. No one's broken down all the math of this yet. Um, someone should eventually, cause I love data, but I, I didn't take the time to do this. So um, just looking at six O lists, but yeah, just guy fires that, that uh, mirrors my results with this format. I have been trying a lot of the different decks and just guy fires is the one that I have had the most success with. And then also one of the decks that has two qualifications, nothing, nothing six owed more than. Are we going to talk about just guy fires later? Should I save my. We can talk about just guy. We can talk about your analysis of just guy fires right now. One, one thing I do want to point out before we get into this though, um, there is a lot of people that just go five Oh and then drop, you know, or essentially drop like that. You don't have to play the six round. So I think this data is going to be heavily skewed. So we shouldn't take too much value on the numbers yeah five, I, I know plenty five, of people one might drop five one might be about the same you know it's five one and six oh i mean five one and six oh in magic generally is kind of the same when it comes to stuff like the one difference in, is a small sample size but uh, of like a win or a loss there is is you know it's it's like somebody got ninth and somebody got eighth on tiebreakers with a deck and we're like oh this deck top eight and this deck didn't make the top eight when they both yeah, well, the same one's record, clearly so. one's clearly much better bbd yes one, one, so one are, was one place higher that's very definitive i don't know what else you <laughs> yeah trying to point people out. are like this is probably the way you should play the deck because this is the one that made the top eight whereas this one only <laughs> made the top 16 it's like well after yeah. they had the same record but um <laughs> so but i think reason- that yeah six o's <clears throat> aren't the end all be all but well i completely agree with you the only reason i have these is because channel fireball posts them right and yeah. i don't have to go digging for for results i didn't have time to go digging for a ton of results but the results were reflective of my opinions mm-hmm. and i would love someone to go through all the data of all these decks and matchups and stuff like that and figure it all out but i don't even know if they'll be able to well um, i mean alex arnaldo is uh the man for the job yeah he's our that's, data that's, analyst, a, that's so. not his name but that is his job, so I agree. With but you. was it at least a C plus joke? I mean, I'm just <laughs> I'm aiming for getting out of this D range, you know, trying to get at C's or B's, but C minus tops. <laughs> yeah. All right. Woo! My great point right. average. Let's go. Yeah, the thing but, I want to say about Just Guy Fires is like I'm looking at all these different standard decks, and for the most part, they're all like not I guess not all of them. Some of them are like like the Sultai deck's pretty pretty powerful, but like most of them are kind of synergy driven decks you know like Mm -hmm. the team or flash deck is based around synergies the team of reclamation like the rakdos sack deck a lot of these decks are kind of very like synergy driven decks whereas just guy fires is just an abstractly powerful deck where we've talked about this in the past i've written about this in, in articles as well where it's like it's hard for me to imagine just guy fires not being one of the best decks in the format at all points in time because just on raw power level alone, it's just such a, an obscenely powerful deck that it kind of just bullies its way through a format through brute force. And it'll ebb and flow when people like are trying to beat beat it versus not and stuff like that. But 
a lot of these other decks, decks that are designed around synergies and standard require very specific metagame metagames to be able to thrive. Um, yeah. For the like the like the like the very specific cards have to be good in the metagame for that deck to be good. But when your deck is just based around raw power, it's pretty much always going to be good. Um, if yeah. assuming that the it's a high enough power level, which I think Just Sky Fires definitely qualifies for. So like, I kind of feel like we've seen Just Sky Fires be one of the top decks for a very long time in the standard format. I don't think that's going to change. So. One thing I want to say though is, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think Just Sky is just awesome, and the fact that you know Deafening Clarion is able to clean up Mono Red, and uh, Mono Red still seems to be decently powerful. But one thing I'm I'm wondering as far as decks that you mentioned like you know team or flash wasn't the whole point of why you guys played or i guess you why you played brad the blue green flash deck at uh this last mythic championship wasn't that to take advantage of jeskai fires because you thought your matchup was that good so wouldn't these flash decks be like a very good answer to it well that also comes down to like the rest of the metagame the the thing about that when we played in that tournament, that was a format that was beaten down multiple times and to the point where with bands or well with bands. Yeah. It was yeah. like, it was like tournament ban two weeks later, tournament ban two, and then eight days of testing into our event. And yeah. so when we pulled the trigger on that strategy, that was also the first time anyone played, you know, um, the, all these flash counter spells along with four Nissas. Yeah. And and it, it was, was kind it was of a, not the first time that people played that, but it was oh it was it was very yeah it wasn't the first but it was very under the radar it was under the radar for sure but like yeah a number of people had been playing that archetype before somebody played it at the previous mythic championship I forgot I think yeah. I think Christian Calcano did God, uh, guys just think about this all the time when I was feeling for you as well but we were all complaining that there was just so many events in a row oh weren't those good times. <laughs> not real, not real, not for me. I didn't really enjoy. Well, I'm just saying, wouldn't it be good to be able to? Wouldn't it be good to be able to jump back into that where there's just event after event after event that we can actually go to? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, Pro- yeah, I probably so. for Magic players as a whole, not for me personally. Yeah, yeah, I'm you actually, guys, you guys were overwhelmed. That's for sure. Well, well, I think a lot of us were overwhelmed then, but also like right now, I've like I have this, you know, I wish Corona wasn't happening, and I wish so many people weren't in terrible situations and i feel this like weird guilt where i'm actually as a speaking only to myself like my i'm i'm theoretically thriving in this with like i'm i'm just pivoting i'm working on new stuff i'm i'm like upgrading i'm gonna start working from home stuff i've been planning on doing this you're making the best of your situation i'm making the best of my situation and i'm and i'm thriving in the sense not financially just like I have a lot of work that I want to do and I'm enjoying doing and going to magic tournaments is the worst part of magic for me. And I'm only saying that after a decade of spending time on, on the grind and other players that are in my same positions don't feel that same way. I've always been drawn to the other sides of magic, the content sides, the, uh, the working with the cards, figuring out the best decks, figuring out the best strategies. That's always been more interesting to me than just sitting down at a tournament and seeing who wins the event. Um, and it, but and at a time, that was definitely you, though. You know, I look well, back course. at your early career. You were you were a tournament grinder uh, to a T. 
Oh, yeah. of course, of course I was. And I'm just saying it's, you know, I'm in my mid thirties now and there's a lot of aspects of magic. I like more than that. I'd go to the events. I want to stay in the MPL. I want to stay at the top of the magic and I put work into it and I don't even like do the weird, like I'm just going to be super lazy all the time. Um, I, I put, I always end up putting more work in than I think I'm going to going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I, I'm fine not leaving and going to tournaments. Yeah. And they have a name for that uh, type of mentality, Brad. Now it, it's dizzling it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an official term. Yeah. Oh, okay. When you're doing, you just want to just put minimal effort. No, I'm just kidding. BVD. Jeez. <laughs> I'm happy to dizzle it up. Hey, Brian, do you also know that you're a fat piece of shit? <laughs> I did know that. Yeah. But thank you for the reminder. I needed it. <laughs> Wow, this podcast really is uh, turning dark. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if no. turning dark. It's just, yeah. All right. We're remaining in the shadows. How about that? All right. Oh, so, I put a so, lot of work into magic when I cared. That's yeah. true. I mean, I was mostly saying no, and I was also mostly kidding. So. Yeah, I know. I'm, I took zero offense to it. I'm just, you're, you're okay, 100%. Good, you- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I take offense to that, actually. No, just, um, uh, yeah. All right, but but to get back on track, I agree with you that this data should not be used. Um, it's just that Jeskai Fires is the most powerful deck in the format. And not, it's fair- uh, I don't want to say the data shouldn't be used. Like, obviously, seeing deck list is very valuable data. And you can look at the deck list and be like, oh, that's a great deck. That's a cool deck, and people are doing well with it. Let me pick it up, etc. Like, the data isn't worthless. It's just it shouldn't be used to say... Oh, this deck is six owing. It's therefore, you know, like the best deck or whatever. You know, all or right, like, all right, all right. yeah. I, I know what you're saying. This is semantics to me. I'm just trying to transition. It might be semantics about- to you, but maybe not to the people listening. I, well, I, I, I just want to be clear about things. Like, oh, I want you to be clear. I just want to talk about you to Takahashi Sulte deck. That's all I'm trying to get to. Okay. It had it had two people six uh, zero with it, and uh, a lot of people are starting to pick this up and play with it now. Soltai is a deck that I wrote about the other week that I tried to make work, and ultimately I did not think it was good enough. I think I talked yeah, about I it a little it bit bad. last. I it was yeah, really bad. Yeah. But you, you designed a version that plays four uh, Cavalier of Thorns to fuel six escape cards, four Uros, and two Pelucranos, mm. and and just going ham on the Aether Gust, just three Aether Gust main. You know, like that. Th- that's my interactive spell game one, and yeah, and um, I started playing with this deck. And I really like it. 29 lands, too. Brian, you might like this deck. It's got 29 lands. No, it's one it, off it the back. perfect list. Yeah, it's if it doesn't have 30, I'm not I'm not interested. Yeah, Brad, it's one, do you think I should play this? Do you think it's that good? I've been disconnected, but... Um, I don't know if it's... If I cared about a tournament right now, yeah. Yeah. I would play Just Sky Fires if I didn't care about a tournament to the where, like, just winning it and I want to play something that I will enjoy, it would be this deck. But also... This deck is like getting kind of hot. Pro- like the problem is, is Jeskai Fires might also be getting worse because I remember playing f- when we were testing Fires 4 Mythic 7. We also had a Simic ramp deck and getting past Cavalier of Thorns from Jeskai sucks. Yeah. Cavalier of Thorns is one of the best cards in the format against Jeskai. So now they have Elspeth Conquers Death, with he- which helps. Yeah. Um, after Cyborg, that does help um, significantly. Also, they're main decking Aether Gusts. So things, and they play like four now, so that, that might change. But um, I did hear that, you know, this this deck was built by a, a really good deck designer. We, we believe. And, 
we believe we believe it was built by by Utah. Yeah. Um. And and we believe he's a good deck designer. Well, I we, we <laughs> I, know, I know we know I, that. Yeah, we know he's a good deck designer. We've seen that a lot of times in the past. But. And I mean, he's playing blue black, and he always plays blue black fairies. So I think the pieces are there, y'all. Oh yeah, he doesn't even play blue black fairies anymore. I don't remember what he was starting to play, but it's not yeah. even that anymore. Um. But yeah, so so I don't know if I would suggest playing this. Uh, I would just play whatever you want. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, this to kind of segue us into our next deck, anyways, because I also want your guys' opinion. Um, like BBD, I've not played a bunch of standard. Oh, I'm not. I'm not done talking about Soul Tie. Oh, okay. Well, all right. I just want to go through this with everyone that's listening that might not know what it is. It's 29 lands, three Nissas, four Cavaliers, four Hydra Crisis, four Uro, four Gross Spiral, four Thought Erasure, three Gust, three Casualties of War, two Pelucranos. So now, I hated Pelucranos. Every other time I've tried this card, but alongside Cavalier of Thorns and Nyssa, there was a game, and I'm not kidding. There was a game where I played a Nyssa, I played a Cavalier of Thorns, I brought back a Blue Kronos, and then fought two of their creatures and then like killed their Planeswalker and like have their life. And I'm like, wow. I am playing like, like this isn't real. This is, this is like casual magic. This is Battlecruiser magic I'm doing right now. You know, like how much yeah. mana did I just invest into the turn? I can't even believe it, right? The limit does not exist. Yeah. And <laughs> and uh Plukronos is great to come out of the graveyard and fight something or two things and uh or just you know play it on turn three off of Gross Spiral. Some of the draws is really nice. So I thought that that card was very weak before, but I've been impressed with it in this so far. Um and so for anyone out there that liked Sultai, gave it up. Maybe I do know a few people gave it up when I gave it up. Um, go give this deck list a shot. Uh, you can find the deck list. Uh, Pascal Maynard uh, on Twitter. You can find it through him because he also was one of the six O's. Or Channel Fireball events. Channelfireball.com's Twitter handle channel fire, at Channel Fireball has been throwing all the six O's up. So if you scroll back a few days, you'll see it. Yeah, and I want to. That's oh, sorry. I think we're probably going to say the same thing, BBD. <laughs> probably not. No. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say that uh, my takeaway from that story you told is that a planeswalker with high loyalty that only ticks up that doubles the amount of mana you have is pretty effective. <laughs> it is. It is. It is quite effective, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting to note that. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You, We were not going to say the same things. What I wanted to say is Pascal Maynard ha- was retired from Magic and had not been playing at all and just picked up this deck and is now unretired. Yeah, pa- Pascal's <laughs> actually um, was the first person when, when Melee was starting to come out. Pascal was the most excited for it. And he's now about to run his fifth or sixth event on the platform. And we've only been like taking tournament organizer events for like 10 days now, eight days. Yeah, and he's uh, gonna run one of the first Magic Online ones, from what, uh, from my understanding. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying events held on melee. Like he's already up to like running his sixth event or something, fifth or sixth. Pat- well, I know, but I, I'm saying on melee, it's gonna be one of the first Magic Online ones. Is that correct? I I can't answer that. Like, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. We have a lot of tournament organizers on the platform already. Like. Okay, like, gotcha. like, Pas- like Pascal's Pascal's on the Andre Strosky tra- uh, trajectory of retiring from Magic and then starting to win, and then exactly. un- unretiring. He's win a pro yeah. tour whenever we get back. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just looking at it, like on Sunday or Monday, we had six events on the schedule, and right now I see over like twenty. So That's I'm I'm not so keep awesome. I'm not keeping up with things anymore. Like I 
I'm in fire put out. There's mode. only one thing that I've been keeping up with lately. The Kardashians. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot about every move the Kardashians have made in the last couple of Are months. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. You've been yeah. watching it? Tori it. loves it, too. I, I haven't been watching it. I've been keeping up with it. Yeah. Two different things. I read the synopsis. So. Well, how's Kanye been? Is he all right? Is he, is he getting better? He's uh, he's 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 a guy. Okay. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he's finding he's finding his next markets now. So what's what's the next you want to go to, bro? So yeah, what I wanted to talk to uh, uh talk about next was uh Zansaid's teamer flash deck that's been popping up. I know like Abe Corbin, Collins Mullen, uh Zansaid all qualified with the same deck minus plus a couple cards. And I've been talking to Collins pretty closely about just what he thinks about the deck. And he really does just think it's insane. I looked at the deck and I thought maybe there were, um, you know, some problems against Mono Red or Red Black Sacrifice. Um, here's the deck list for people that are wondering. It's uh, four Thassa's Intervention, four Gross Spiral, two Brazen Borrows, two Bone Crusher Giant, three Uro, one Mystical Dispute, four Reclamation, four Frilled Mystics, four Night Pack Ambushers, and then four Expansion Explosions. So still trying to be Team of Reclamation, but really have the flash aspect to be able to compete with what makes sense to me is what to beat Jeskai fires with, which is play a reclamation untap, have frilled mystic and say good luck to your opponent. You know, there's yeah. one, there's actually two major problems with this deck that I see. Uh, I, I know there's not 30 land. Yeah. The, well, the first and the second problem is there's no 29th land and there's no 30th land. Yes, so, of course. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Right. Thank you, BBD. That was very helpful. You're welcome. Um, but, but uh, Brad, I know you've been pretty, uh, playing a lot of standard. Do you think this deck is good? This is what I'm going to be playing in the channel fall fireball event here in an hour in 10 minutes. So I need to, I, I have a few things to say about this first about the deck itself. I do not know. I need to play test it. I, okay. I, I, I tried soul tie first and now this is a deck that's on my docket. Actually, um, right before we started the podcast, um, I went out and noticed that, uh, my, my standing desk got here. So I'm going to put that together after the podcast. Set up my just spend the night setting up my my standing desk and putting all of my computer stuff onto that and figuring out if my cords will handle and and you know figuring all that out and then I'm going to play some magic tonight on that but um this so I don't know how good this deck is but I do want to say one thing um and this is more of a uh, hashtag not sponsored plug to Lotus Box um okay. I I have been very impressed with what they've been doing lately. Yeah, with just like their decks and posting and 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 evolving strategies, and um, you know they're starting to run tournaments for their communities and stuff like that. Like, I've just I've been a fan of this team for a long time, and I know that your team is is coming up, bro. BCW is coming up. Yeah, and, and yeah. you're jumping you're jumping into this space as well and doing a great job too. I don't mean this as any disrespect to oh, you. Oh no, I I mirror the situation, and honestly, uh, BCW and Lotus Box work very closely. In a lot of regards, but you know, when it comes to moving into this new phase of uh, magic tournaments and stuff, I, I I look up to Lotus Box in so many ways for the ways that they are handling this. So I'm right there with you. Yeah, I take and, no offense to this. And, yeah, and if, if you're a competitive magic player, you should 100 percent be following Lotus Box and everything they do. Yeah. Yeah. And and as as their one associate, and now uh that is true, they made their own. They're, they're, they they I jumped into their their Discord to talk to them, what like helped them, you know, years ago with like, you know, strategy and stuff like that, or just like yeah. theory of building this. So they made me an associate, and 
I, I'm I'm uh, I'm in their Discord, and as an associate there, I will just say that uh, I do think that their their Discord is very worth the admission. And I will say that about BCWs if they also made me an associate. Mm. Yeah, so so, that's so if, true. if you that's ever true. make me an associate within your Discord, I'll be able to make that same plug as well. Yeah. Sorry, bro. It's a it's a close knit community in there. Ooh. No. <laughs> no, but honestly, the one thing that uh, you know, I I agree with you everything about Lotus Box. The one thing with the BCW channel is we were just really getting our footing right. Like we were of really. We were just starting to get some great deck lists. We were putting up, you know, insane results at the start of the season. And we were really trying to make our Discord comparable and if not better eventually than Lotus Box. But we were definitely not there yet. And right now it's like, you know, everything is so derailed that it's it's a little disheartening um, to, to, to think about, you know, how much further we could have gone and not saying that it's, you know, done now because hopefully we're going to be able to continue this. But... I'm definitely taking a lot of lessons from Lotus Box's group and do work quite closely with them in uh, in that regard. Yeah, but yeah, so so you should go because this deck, they, they already posted a deck list and Zabra guide in their Discord. Mm. Um, Hook me up but, with that sideboard guy, Brad. I'm not a patron. Oh, <laughs> that would be, I will not. <laughs> that would be breaking the Patreon code. Yeah, You're I'm not right. going to be doing I, that. I, I got some money to donate. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go get on in there. If you want that deck list and sideboard guide, you got to cough up the goods there, Corey. You're damn right so, I will. So moving on, one funny thing about this format, another deck that got two six O's but has been doing well. And before these before these tournaments started, I would have considered the second best deck in the format, and it still might be, which is the last flavor of Gross Spiral Uro decks. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was gonna say, are we ready to declare Gross Spiral the best card in standard? Because every single I, deck is Gross Spiral deck. I mean, except for Jeskai, except for Jeskai fires. I mean, it could be Uro too, but like, dude, it's definitely Uro. Uro was just dominating modern so much, like recently, that people were just like, okay, why am I not playing this in standard? Now it's just popping up everywhere. I feel like it really wasn't everywhere right when we started with standard. You know? Yeah, I, uh, I, Uro is definitely better than I thought it was going to be, and a lot of people Uro's talked about how fun. good it is, and I was like, you know. Yeah, we, and, we we underrated Uro. We did, and we'll yeah, we'll man. take we'll take our we'll eat our crow on that one. Yeah, let's um, make sure we just uh, blame the special guest though, Brad. I think we did pretty good. No, I <laughs> I definitely shit on Uro. I mean, I was like, it's good, but it's not the best card in the format or the the. Yeah. the well, we did we did say that it was worse than Gross Spiral, and I I honestly I I still think it's possible that that's true, but I, I believe it. I believe the. You know, when you have a turn two growth spiral, your win percentage goes up by like ten percent yeah. on its own. Just, something just abs- doing that, just something absurd like that. Yeah. Just yeah, just something absurd. And so, um, I mean, I the card that I was most afraid of when I saw it spoiled was growth spiral, and still to this day, like it still is what I think is like the best card in the format. Um, but the format's very powerful. And now, so the last topic I want to talk about, um, you know, like I. I you know, Bant is Bant is good. Uh, the, the only thing I want to say about this is the format is starting to evolve in a way that, like, this, like, control version, because Bant is a very controlling deck. It's, it's like, Disruption with Teferi's Night of Autumn's, Aether Gust, Shatter the Skies, Elspeth Conquers Death. It's really designed to be a Nissa deck, but also just be a control deck with Tamiyo main inside and a bunch of counterspells. And I think that the other versions of these Euro decks are evolving in a way that they exploit this deck. Mm. Well, I think, I think plain and simple, they exploited blue white control so much that blue white control was completely forced into this new mold 
that is just playing Nissa, it's playing Earl, it's playing a little bit more proactive to the board while still yeah. being control and absorbing all those really good aspects of blue white control without having to ironically play absorb. Yeah, this is this is just an like this is just history repeating itself. Like it's just a it's mm-hmm. a it's a reactive strategies just have to I don't know, they're just flawed in magic. Sometimes they'll be good for periods of time. And sometimes they're so powerful that they can just, you know, kind of always be good. But like like yeah. in formats like Legacy or something, sometimes that's true. But like in general, being a reactive deck is just a flawed strategy because people just adapt to what you're trying to react to. And you you just can never keep up with everything. And and it's just we always see these reactive decks. And then at some point in time in the future, these they're like these hybrid proactive versions of them that yeah. they have to be to survive. It's just that's just the way magic always goes. And like, uh, yeah, I was, when Corey was jumping in and I was thinking the same thing, I was like, this is just how blue white control has to evolve to no longer be some sort of reactive deck. Yeah. Cause blue white control week one of standard week one, week two was just amazing because decks just weren't prepared to, to beat dream trawler and they weren't prepared to beat Elspeth Conger's death. But these cards are not that hard to beat. There are sideboard cards. And now that people have figured it out, you just have to add Nissa when in doubt, add Nissa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this is a messed up card, but yeah. So like, then there's like you know ra- two two different flavors of Rakdos that are still popping up too. Um, <laughs> I I've been playing with both of these decks. I think they're fine. They they exploit certain aspects of the format. It's specifically like Team or Clover. That's one of the reasons why Team or Clover has kind of dropped off the face of the planet. Blue white left and evolved, and there's a lot more Nissa strategies, and also any uh, mayhem devil variant um kind of just beats the crap out of out of teamer clover oh so yeah. so teamer innkeeper loses to mayhem devil i mean it's as simple as that yep yeah and and so um you know there's there's the version that plays rankle and then there's a version that plays Meyer trident and and croaksa and i don't know which version's better I, i'm gonna lean towards the one that doesn't have to play Meyer's trident triton um, right isn't it tri- or is it triton yeah yeah yeah, so the Mar- the the Meyer Triton one was like what uh, Matt Sperling won the melee event with, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then and then um, our, our MPL resident beatdown expert uh, Kavardic, uh <laughs> yep. says the other version is better, the one with like four Midnight Reapers and Rankles and and Butcher Gutterbones, and I mean Brian, as someone that played a lot of Cat Oven. You were also you were like one of the first people that's just like why would you put those cards in your deck and not play four midnight reapers? Yeah, I, I I'm a firm believer that you should always have four midnight reapers. It's it's just such a powerful card, and and I uh, I'm also under the impression that I'd rather be playing squires. Uh, I'd rather my two drop my best two drop be a squire than a goblin piker. So yes, the priest yeah. well, of, priest <laughs> of forgotten gods uh, instead of buyer buyer. Well, they play both. I know, but yeah. just in terms yeah. of you know, if I if I'm casting something on turn two, I want it to be a squire, not a not a piker. So yeah, get out, get out. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I think that yeah, I, I'm a firm believer that the these decks are in. In actually, I felt the same way about about Team or Clover as well. That these decks are all based around an engine, and any engine deck, like your engine doesn't work without gas, you know, without the fuel. And so we can't touch, we can't touch fuel pumps now. Okay. Well, these decks are dead then. Um, yeah. No, I the, <laughs> like 
all right the the big thing about playing an engine deck and like witch's oven plus cat like these food decks are kind of engine decks in a way with like um they just kind of build upon they have these cards that build synergies upon each other that creates this engine that once it's going it's really hard to beat um and and like team or clover is the same way where like you just assemble all these advantages with lucky clover and innkeeper and stuff and once it gets rolling it's so hard to beat it the key to those decks is you have to constantly be fueling the engine and the key to fueling the engine is just the card advantage and i just i i see like lists of these things that are like that are just going down on things that produce the card advantage and i'm like i don't think that you can do that like and and have a successful deck like i i actually felt like with team or clover for example that you should basically never side out escape to the wilds because it's it's a card that gives you the fuel that you need and like with these decks like i really just feel like you have to have like the reapers and stuff like that 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 let you chain things off and keep going it's like when i see these decks lose a lot of times because they drew too many of like the, the mediocre cards and they don't have like the way to get card advantage so one one thing i will um be the devil's advocate on this is the thing that makes more sense with the the version that plays the quote-unquote bad cards is it really is leaning in on the power of the titans yeah and i i think earl is just that good where if you just play you know timoret uh calls the dead or whatever that card is called and you flip over croxa like you're kind of undoing this card advantage and you're getting one of the most powerful cards in the format, I know we like undervalued Croxa, and I do think Croxa is much worse than Uro, but being able to get free value and essentially draw a card off these Meyer Tridents and these uh, Timurit Calls the Dead does have some value. And uh, I have been playing that list more than I played the other one. I, I haven't played much standard, so I don't have a huge, uh, great grasp on it. But I will say the deck did surprise me um, with some of the things you could do with it. Yeah, I, I do think that those are cool things. It's just, it feels a little less defined, I guess, is the word. Yeah. Where it's, yeah. I, you're kind of hoping that you see certain cards. and Yeah, so yeah. I, pl- I played with this deck, and, you know, sometimes I'll just go, uh, you know, Meyer uh, Triton into the uh, the enchantment. Timur. Yeah, Timur the, calls t- the dead. Yeah, Timur calls the dead, and I'll hit my zombies or whatever, but I'll miss on a Kroxa, and at the end of the day, I have, a two one and two two twos by turn three and my opponent's like the next turn is the turn where they go fires and start doing shit you know like yeah like these these are like there's a lot of wraths in the format and mm-hmm. um and so like you're 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 not doing powerful things with these cards they're not setting up for a better late game engine and sometimes when you hit uh Kroxa, they're really good but I, I played with this deck I have mixed feelings I I was winning with it but it didn't feel like I was it felt like I was outplaying my opponents um, more than I was um, overpowering them. And when I play fires, my win percentage is higher, and I feel like I'm. It feels more like what I should be doing. I also yeah. feel like the core power in this deck is centered around Witch's Oven with Cauldron Familiar and Mayhem Devil, and those other cards. Like you can get familiars into your yard or whatever, but like they're not really accelerating that game plan that much like i i I want the cards that draw me into more copies of those cards so that because like i think that's the really powerful thing that this deck does and like Mm -hmm. i think that you should build your deck to use that to the fullest i still think there is a world where there could be kind of a a 
a splicing together of these decks because one card like from the top list that we were talking about, like Kavartex list, is like Woe This isn't Kavartex list. This is just the oh. one that he that he says is better. Okay, like, sure, sure, sure. But like one card from there, and I'm sorry, Brad, I know it's your token, but Woe Strider has been just horrifically bad for me. Anytime it's played, anytime I've played it or played against it, like I would much rather have a Timurat Call as the Dead in that one, even if the rest of my deck doesn't synergize with it. So like maybe there's a there's a little bit of a combo shell you could play by a little bit of I don't know. I, I've I've liked I've liked Woe Strider. It it's good. Yeah, you're biased, Brad. You're the go. I, I also think Woe Strider <laughs> is pretty unimpressive. I mean I haven't played as much standard as you guys have, but when my opponents were playing that against me at the in the the point challenge, I it just looked so bad. It it seems so bad to me. And five mana is so much, you know, you'd rather have Kroxa there. Like I I, I think the top list you know, that is a huge flaw because I think Croxa is so much better. I also think Gutter Bones is just absolute trash, but... Uh, yeah, I'm there's not a lot of... There's, because of the... Gutter Bones. Well, yeah. because of all the Uros and Gross Spirals, getting some damage in early actually happens quite often now. Yeah, but I mean, like, claiming the Firstborn on an Uro... I also think like, that... But know, getting getting damage in early, I think, also is less relevant when your opponent's, like, Uroing and stuff, though, too. Yeah. Like, I think it, I think it matters about more of having a board presence... Uh, and be playing bigger things and then like actually trying to attack through damage with Uro when it gains so much life. Like, I don't, I don't know. I actually kind of like the, the Crocs, four Crocs version a little bit more personally, but I do also love Rankle. So, you know, I'd be throwing that card in there. Yeah, the only reason I say that is, I, I guess maybe it's just the bat matchup and maybe both sides are bad. I played, when I played against the, the, the Meyer version, I played against Bant a lot, and I would just dirtle, and then they would have enough time to get a powerful board state and just kind of crush me. But if this deck has a bad... I felt like I had a bad Bant matchup. And if this deck has a bad Bant and Fires matchup, then what the hell are we doing here? That's true. Well, honestly, one of the... I played Blue-White for the longest time starting off, and now the deck's unplayable, like we've said, but Blue-White absolutely destroyed Black-Red. It was not even remotely close. And I think that's why Red-Black Sacrifice like had such a dip. And now that blue whites went away, this comes back. So it would make a lot of sense that Bant is good against this because it takes all the good parts from blue white and now just adds Nissa, you know? So that makes total sense. Well, this is actually not that good against this deck. I also. Agree, but you still have Elspeth Conqueror's Death and Dream Trawler, which absolutely wrecks them. I also need to be convinced that this deck is actually good. I, I haven't really yeah. felt that Rakdos Sack has been a, a particularly strong deck in this format over the course of its lifespan in yeah. general. So it does bring up with success from time to time but um yeah i, I kind of feel like it's a little bit less powerful than what a lot of other decks are doing and so yeah. it, it can prey on it can hit metagames pretty well sometimes but for the most part i haven't really been too impressed with it yeah i'm with you i think the set success is just like intermittent where just if there's like innkeeper or just a perfect metagame it's never going to be the best deck in the format i think we can all agree on that yes yeah but, I mean, Standard is still very diverse right now, and there's a lot of decks. Um, you know, I mean, I Standard looks really good, and I'm actually very excited to dive into Standard here. Like I said, I'm going to be playing the uh, Zansai Teamer Flash list just because I, I think it looks awesome. Um, and I just really want to attack Jeskai Fires because look at this, you know, look at how well that deck is doing, and it's definitely going to be around... And I think counter spells is the way to do it. But I think we'll we should. See. I think we should talk about Teamer Wreck versus Zan Syed's Teamer because the two sure. decks are the two decks are kind of similar, but 
Um, Zan is playing a, a flash game plan, whereas Team Rec is is playing its normal reclamation stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, we. I think I think it's worth talking about like what what would make like what makes one deck better than the other. I don't know if I have a good answer. Um, I think I think I can take this one. I think what I think would make this better is team of reclamation probably just has a better creature matchup right like you're playing a lot of removal in the place of counter spells and night pack ambusher so i would think you just have a little bit better of a matchup against like red and red racto sacrifice with storm's wrath but maybe that's not even true because night pack ambusher just houses those decks if they if it can get going you know? yeah night pack ambusher is really strong against aggressive decks Flash in yeah. general is generally not that good against those decks, but that that is the one card that like lets you win those games for sure. So here's what I think happened where this became a thing with Lotus Box people. It's like I look at these teamer reclamation sideboards and I see like Night Pack Ambusher. I see a lot more counter spells. And I guarantee people were just playing this and they're like, you know what? I I lose a lot of game ones, but games two and three, I've just been housing Jeskai and I've been housing these decks because of this plan that they're just like, you know what? I'm going to start with this plan and I'm going to adjust from it from there. Well, we can't, you know? we can't assume that that's what they're thinking. Oh, that's what I can assume because honestly, looking at Zand's track record, I remember <laughs> when he played Simic, uh, Simic uh, Urza, they were playing, you know, the more all-in version and then post-board he was transforming into this more controllish version to the Simic uh, Urza deck that we saw right before banning. And he was just like, you know what? This sideboarded version's so good. I'm just going to start with this. Uh, and I can totally just picture Zan doing the same with this. Yeah, it's a good hypothesis, deck. but we can't assume that that's how he got here. That's true. Uh, if I had to, if we're throwing out hypotheses, yeah, mine, <laughs> mine, is, mine is along Corey's lines, but it's basically them being like, this deck sucks, except for these cards are the only actual good cards in the deck. Let's just make the deck around that. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. You know, I mean, that's uh, that's what I anticipated is like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do. I do think it's like a very interesting way to design the deck because you still have yeah. the wilderness reclamation explosion wins. But yeah. when you're doing wilderness things, you have like time to deploy um, your adventure creatures during your turn. Um, well, one of them, you know, that or Uro, like your bone crushers or your Uros and. Um, then you get the Wilderness Reclamation turns where you can hold up for old Mystics, Night Packs, um, Adventure, Thassa's Intervention. So, like, um, it is it is very interesting. And keep in mind, you can expansion one of your Adventure spells um, in a pinch. So, if you yeah. need to bounce two things. And, um, I mean, another cool thing is, like, you can have Nat Night Pack Ambusher in play. Go to end step where Wilderness Reclamation is going to untap and Night Pack is going to trigger. You get to put the trigger on the stack so Ambusher creates a wolf and then still explosion. Like, I mean, you know, that's a perfect world kind of scenario, but that still happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you could also do that. Well, that could also be like to play another, like, you know, another Night Pack. So then you have Counter Magic up. Yeah, that too. That um, too. But. Yeah. So like there's cool things that you can do that or your growth spirals or whatever. Um, I mean, I think the one thing we can sum up from this podcast, whether it's Sultai and you doing the ridiculous things here or this deck being good um, because of Wilderness Reclamation, free mana is good, y'all. Free mana is good. Yes. I think I think um, <laughs> when rotation happens, they really need to stay away from cards like growth. Hopefully they stay away from cards like Sylvan Carriage, Growth Spiral, Paradise Druid, Uro, Wilderness Reclamation, Fires, 
Um, Nissa, Embercleave, yeah, Embercleave. We're back to shivin dragons and call the herds. Let's go. Just, just mana <laughs> cards that mess with mana in general. Yeah, give me, um, give me Doomblade, and then give me a format where Doomblade is playable. That's all I ask. Yeah. <laughs> then BBD's back. But yeah, think about how like medium Hydroid Crisis would be if it was actually designed with that light, right? Like, there's not that much free mana. The card would just be like. Okay, it'd be a nice two of at the top end of some of these decks, you know. And um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I think I think one mana mana accelerance and standard is egregious. Like, but we're even getting to the point where so, like the good two mana ones are just are just are too much as well. I yes. really don't have the same problems with elves as everybody else does. I think it's great. Like you're accelerating your game, but it's also very vulnerable where if like your elves die, your hand might absolutely be fucked. Like I always kind of liked it is. I'm not saying it's an unbeatable strategy. It does have vulnerabilities. Yeah. It's just a strategy that pushes the turn of interaction of magic to a very True. fast point where games aren't fun. Like yeah. a game where my opponent goes elf and then I go shock and then their hand sucks and I easily win. Like, I don't think that's a very fun game of magic. And I don't think a game where they go elf, I don't have the shock. And then they go three drop, four drop, five drop, and I easily lose is also a fun yeah. game of magic. Also, yeah, think I, about it this way. Think about it this way, Corey. Yeah. Like, let's just not talk about an elf, but let's talk about Ghost Brown Uro. Mm-hmm. They're so good that could you imagine playing a deck that has green but not blue? What do you mean? Like in standard right now, would you ever consider playing a deck that's green and not blue? Uh, no. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not even close. Well, there I is mean, mono blue, green. Blue, there is I mono guess. green aggro. Yeah, somebody did play mono green aggro and did go six zero in these. But let's talk about like actual top meta game strategies. I mean, Gruel. Gruel has been a deck that has been okay. Gruel is not Gruel. a deck. Gruel has never been a deck. We're not talking. You cannot use Gruel as an example right here. Gruel has been a deck that has been mediocre for its entire lifespan. And there was a single right, weekend whatever. where Gruel was a good deck, and that might have just been Javier being a good player. Yeah, Gruel had a very low win percentage in that tournament javier Actually, and, and, true, yes. and javier like made day two at four three and then made the top eight at four three right didn't didn't that yes. happen yeah yes. yeah yes. he gimped in both both ways in yeah, the yeah. tournament that's gas. that that's that's javier being busted not rule being busted so yeah all right so, all right so, i'll defer to you boys so what what i'm trying the point i'm trying to make is that if an elf exists in this format that's too good yeah. and not not in this format but it's just just in general then every deck that's green has to play that elf. If yeah. the best deck that's green uses that elf, then that's the only way to build that deck. And, and, yeah. and it, and it, and it, sh- it's like, it's like saying like, if you play a blue white deck right now, you have to play Teferi in it, you yeah, know? That's and, true. and, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not always going to happen. There's always going to be a best card for a color combination or a color. And so we can have examples everywhere, but when it's a mana card, then that just dictates the entire metagame. If it's a five mana card, you can evolve and interact with it and decks can change. Some counters, some can try to counter it. Some can try to kill it. Some can try to get under it. Some can try to get over it. But when it's an elf, that's not possible. So like when we had Oko and Bird and all that, and when it was Gilded Goose and and Once Upon a Time, when it was the busted version, Mm -hmm. there's literally, it was so powerful that there was literally nothing else you could do besides play a different food deck that attacked the other food deck. Yeah, of course that was a specific example where but, it was just horrible, but that's but but, yeah. but that's that's decision points because they create early game repetition. It gets mm-hmm. boring. 
That's the, true. And they're always going to be printing good, powerful three drops, and then they just get amplified by an elf. So yeah, I think the so I think the fun in standard comes down to a couple things. One is replayability. Like, are you playing different games of Magic when you play a game when you play standard? Like, that's a huge part of fun in standard. And then another huge part of fun is when is the turn of interaction? And if the turn of interaction is turn one or turn two, it's not very fun most of the time because games are over. They might play on for a long time, but games are relatively over on the first few turns of the game. And that's just not fun for players. Like players want to feel like they get to play magic on turn, like that the decisions they're making on turn four are relevant. And if you, if you have these cards that let somebody snowball out of the game so early, uh, that that creates unfun and actually one of the big issues with the london mulligan is specifically that the london mulligan kind of promotes the snowball magic where the the turns of interaction are really low and it's it's kind of not fun um yeah so yeah there's a lot of people that have been talking about that lately and while i agree the london mulligan is uh bad i do think that this is the best standard format's been in a while and, yep. But I can't I can't argue against people that are saying this is a diverse and it should be a fun format, but I'm not having fun. I can't argue with them because I believe that there's a there's a replayability threshold and I have not crossed that at all. I have not played enough. I'm just starting to play with all the decks and learn them. And and I'm having fun with that, knowing that Ikoria is around the corner. I'm just finally getting because we didn't get to play magic during our 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 uh, our month with Wizards. Like I came home, caught up on other work and was tired. Yeah. And and so I didn't get to like practice standard or keep up with things, but now I'm actually getting to, and it's enjoyable to me. But the truth is every format in magic has a window for individual. Each individual person will have a replayability window where they get bored of what they're doing. And um, we're getting close to the end of a format. I mean, fires, for example, has been a strategy for, you know, three months now, four months. Yeah. And it still might be after the next set comes out. So I can understand why people are getting sick of some of these archetypes and not having fun with it. Um, and hopefully the next set shakes things, shakes yeah. things up. And I will say that this standard format, like replayability, games do play out differently a lot of times. Sometimes fires, games play out very similar. But a lot of these other decks, there's a lot of you know ways that they would play out differently game to game. And then uh, I, I, I do think that the 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 turn of interaction and in, in standard kind of is turn three, turn four, which is, I think pretty healthy. That's, that's when people are casting, um, you know, their powerful, their powerful cards or playing fires of invention or whatever. It's usually like the fourth turn yeah. of the game. So I think the most interesting thing about that is that there's a card, you know, bone cards are drying and Jeskai is either like, it's really good at interacting with decks that needs to interact on turn two. And then the body's really good. Or you just sideboard it out because it's like these these Uro decks, like a 4-3 isn't even good. Like spending right. your time doing that. There's like, you'd rather play like a Rabble Master or or uh, a Robber of the Rich. And I didn't even think about that, but like I've been doing that. And that is, guess, uh, Mike Sigris told me to do that. Like just r- like Robber of the Rich Bant decks and stuff. And, 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 uh, and what's the Goblin Legion Warboss? Legion Warboss? Yep. Uh, and and I'm just doing those things. Uh, and when you get those with a cavalier, that is fun. When your fire's turn is just cavalier, uh, uh, legion war boss. I, I have I have enjoyed those turns immensely. But cavalier of flame, cavalier of flame. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you, get not to, you, you get to pump the tokens. That's that's uh. And, that is, and that is give cool it haste. Yeah. 
Um, so you attack with three creatures on the same turn instead of two. Yeah, that is um, that is a really strong interaction. And if you have a, a war boss that's already done a little bit of work too, then it's just it's gross. Yeah, but um, that's all I've got for for this episode. Anyone else got anything? No, I got nothing, bro. All right, I'm ready. Let's do it, bro. All right, so this is our casting crew. Now, um, to become part of our casting, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash bash bros podcast. Um, also there, you'll be able to listen to our pre-show and you'll be able to join our discord server. Um, and our discord content that is made by some of our cast and crew members may or may not be better content than we actually. Produce. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to give one of the chef's kiss. I'm going to give yeah. full disclosure. We don't provide content in our discord, but there's <laughs> yeah. still great content there. Yes. So. Yes. It yes. <laughs> is pretty absurd. We we yeah. we could work on it and and might in the future, but there's oh, yeah. already some great stuff in there. Thanks to our cast and crew. And yeah. speaking of Patreon, we are in the works of making some really cool stuff here in the future uh, to add on to it as well. Yeah, hopefully, it, it, hopefully. Well, we, hopefully. the 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 current state of things might have derailed that for a little bit. So, but we'll probably still the future, the future at least. Yeah. All right. But without <laughs> further ado, we have a new addition to our Woo! cast and crew, and that is McGregor. New hire. A new hire. We got McGregor Manwiller Thompson. Now, McGregor, uh, he, he's coming in with something that we have not had for a long time. So that's really nice. It is a costume expert. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's actually really important, too. Uh, I'm actually I, I, wearing 1700s uh, Revolutionary War replica right now. I've got a powdered wig on. Yeah, I'm yeah. in. I'm in. I'm in a full Goku costume right now. He's really <laughs> jazzing up our sets right now, and yeah. I love it. Not yeah. a lot of people know this, but we have three costume changes per episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to keep it fresh. Well, we do now Corey, with, um, with McGregor. Corey recently had to change his pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, anyway, uh, another, another thing that's true is we got EJ Ren, and you know what? When I get all excited, either in the pants or just vocally... I need a down player. So EJ Ren is my down player. I'm gonna I'm sorry to throw, throw you under the bus, Corey, but the reason we're we're dying here is we had to we had to pause this recording because Corey just he just left while we're recording this to go take a dump because he just I had to. I had to. Similar to, hold it we in. Were, similar to when we were driving back to Roanoke, Virginia, and BBD just had to derail our trip by jumping out and taking a shit behind a dumpster. <laughs> there yeah. was like there was a good two minutes while we were still on air where I was like, wow, Corey has not jumped in at all. Yeah, yeah I, I was figuring I would do you guys a service anyways. I talked too much anyways. So EJ Ren was like, Corey, chill a little bit and go chill on the porch. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Next, we have Alex Arnoldi, who is our data data analyst. Uh, a lot of data coming out with a lot of these online events, as well as our own personal podcast data that Alex sorts through to give us um, the best chance of moving forward now, in a now, correct light. So now, Alex, I know that you take your job very seriously here at the Bachelors Podcast, but due to social distancing. And the risk of travel. Please do not Corey, go to Corey's house to get the current data. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can Let hold him. off for a while on that. He'll I've already destroyed the evidence. 
He'll uh, he'll send it to you by putting it on your porch and then lighting it on fire. Ah <laughs> oh, shit! Yeah. Uh, we switched it up. I've I've got. Uh, I have Paul now. <laughs> hey, good luck. Shit. Oh god. Yes, all right. So we're all, we're rooting we for you, Brad. So I'm for those of you, you, yeah, for those of you who don't know, we're trying to pin down Paul's last name, the way to pronounce it. We have failed for months now. And I, I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't know I was going to have Paul this week. So, all right. So, here we go. All right. Paul Kaskorowski. That's not it. <laughs> I, <guess> I, <laughs> I can tell you already that that's not going to be it. But I, I like the effort. Unfortunately, right. we're we're actually fresh out of Coke Zero, so we can't we, we do are. the. I uh, thought you were trying to go get a pop. I'm not gonna lie, Brad. The, we can't do we can't do the uh, the the cracking of a CZ sound. That's important. Kasharowski. I'm gonna go with Kas- I, I, I'm gonna go with Paul Kasharowski. Okay, yeah. that's a good guy. I, I like that guess. It's probably yeah, yeah. wrong just based on precedent, but yes. All right, and but Paul is our uh, BBD's wall staring photographer now. Paul takes his job very seriously and and has a great imagination and most of the the be, some of the best content that comes out of our our Discord comes from Paul so yep. props for all the hard work um, we're gonna have to make a gallery of this and post it soon um, I'll put that on uh, on a list to do here soon because that 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 the, the world needs to see this oh yeah, oh yeah it's so good it's so good all right yeah. our next uh, cast and crew is. Thomas Leobel, and this is BBD's wall-staring stager and lighter. I mean, Paul is is busy. You know what? Paul is really busy right now with uh, heading all the way around the world to capture BBD that we need someone to help him, and uh, Thomas has really stepped up. Yeah, I mean, taking the photos is one thing, making sure that everything in the environment is set up for it. That's another thing entirely. And then there's a third role that comes in, into play here, and that is, that is Spoontong, who is... Uh, BBD's hairstylist, also a very important role. Uh, gotta gotta shine this dome before you stare <laughs> at a dome. So you know what I've been I've been very fucking busy lately, and I Whoa, I, I see all this language. cast and crew for Corey and you. I have no no one no one uh, right now to to handle my stuff. Well, so, that's because your travel document uh expert quit because you I kept know. getting your damn passport. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but we have, we have we have a fourth we have a fourth for for Brian too. It's David Watt who's the special guest screener. Now, how does that have to do with me? I mean, well, it has it has something to do with you. I don't know what under the table dealings David and you have been doing lately, but uh <laughs> we we have been hearing bad reviews on all of our other special guests. Oh, really? Okay. Options, yes. Yeah. yeah. No, well, hopefully everyone comes this... back with really, you know, we take this seriously. We we do background checks on on every potential yeah. uh, <laughs> potential eight eight hours of paperwork to to get screened. Really yeah. 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 To... And a little a little behind the scenes uh, action from the BBP here. Me and Brad actually had a private Brad and meeting. I. Brad and I just had a private meeting with David Watt, and you know, we told him we're like, we need. We need a better special guest, and he's like, "No, no problem. I got you." And here we I are again. Got you this week. Yep. And yeah. Here see, we are. From yeah. what I understand, the feedback on previous special guests have all been unanimous that <laughs> they've they've really been fat pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I've gathered. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got our next casting crew is Victor Beauchamp and Victor Beauchamp is our executive producers. We're bros. We like to bro down. Yeah. Yeah, not the way that you bro down, but 
we, we bro hey, down in different Are you ways. saying my broing is not as good or as clean as your broing? It's a little like Florida, like spring break broing. I'm, I'm more of a sophisticated bro. Are down. you calling me a person who is not respecting social distancing enough to go to spring break? Right no, now, I, I'm, I'm actually just calling you a average sized piece of shit. He's, yeah. <laughs> He's just calling you a bro. He's just, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, Brad? I've been eating a lot during these quarantines, so I am upgrading myself to a fat piece of shit. Thank <laughs> nice. <you> very much. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have, I'm going to actually, Corey, can you jump in to pronounce this for me? Because I am <laughs> don't know oh. if I- Oh it yeah, it's a it's a it's a uh, fuck Brian. I okay. believe is All the right. name of it. It is yeah. Symbol. Symbol is oh. our executive waste ma- management operator. <laughs> Symbol is actually. I worked very close with him a little bit ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he and Corey have been in in in, in talks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up is Rabbit Chicken, uh, VP of Video Operations, and our VP of Video Operations did just bring in our costume expert. So hopefully. Uh, yeah. Rabid, that you know, your, your hiring of McGregor is going to do some good work here, and really expand, you know, our our uh, our vision of our new world. Yeah, we're starting to build a media empire here based on the video medium, and yeah. Rabid Chicken is is so far <laughs> we think doing a great job as our VP. Oh God! Yeah. Next up, we got Jer Majeldi, and yeah. this is the assistant to the assistant regional manager. Uh, we haven't hired a regional manager yet, so we're still kind of looking to really fill this position out, but... Well, uh, no, Jeremy Jeldi is our regional manager who's also the assistant to the assistant regional manager. The key thing about this is we... We don't th- this we don't really understand this role very much to the point where we also don't even know how to pronounce his name, so... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very impressive. All right, next, next up we got Sultan Abbasi, our heavy editor. Uh, when things get a little out of control, as they do every single episode... We need someone to go above and beyond the regular editing, and that's where we call in the heavy editor. Uh, fortunately, I actually don't think that this episode is going to need that much heavy editing as much no. as some of our previous ones. We, we, no, might we not... already dropped off a lot of our heavy loads. So. <laughs> that's right. We did. So Sultan Abbasi <laughs> might not have to do much work on this one, but in some of our other episodes required quite a bit. So All right. Wow. So, so, so our next up on our casting crew actually just got um, – a, a new job title got got a promotion. Okay. Mm. Pierre Vendelblow has was formerly our team sports psychologist, but since uh, we're not going to events, we're not really a team anymore. So Pierre has been taking over as our uh, existential dread psychologist. Okay. A lot That's of a, uh, that is a huge job change. So, was, so, yeah. so in other words, he's he's just our psychologist. He's period. just our psychologist. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. I need to schedule a meeting with Pierre. That's for sure. Okay, next we got Time Ghoul, and this is it's the manager. Yeah, he manages yeah, t- things. Yep. Straight manager. <laughs> thanks, Time Ghoul, for, for managing. Yeah, th- <laughs> thanks for your job of managing. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the most important job. It just doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles attached to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping for Time Ghoul's sake that this isn't like a... Uh, a, uh, a a spinal tap slash uh, fear of a black hat scenario where we have to cycle through a lot of managers. So, so in all honesty, with Time Goal as, as a manager, it feels like if you're not like cast and crew manager or whatever manager, it feels like Time Goal spent a lot of time climbing the corporate ladder and then found that nook and cranny to hide in. 
Yeah. Mm. And just get collect that paycheck without actually accomplishing anything. Like just the really good tactical, like don't get too close to the sun. Just yeah. get as far up as you possibly can and then hide in a corner for as long as you can. Yeah. So basically he's MPL. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say this is really mirroring my own life quite a lot. I'm getting I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. I'm starting to sweat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to sweat a bit. All right, last we got Eric Nall, the dumpster. Um what can we say about that that hasn't already been said about the dumpster. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really have anything to add here. That's that's. I mean, that's just like everyone knows what a dumpster is. That's Brian, Eric Nall Brian, the, the one thing I want to ask, Brian, is are you standing behind Eric Nall on his duties or? No. Oh, okay. No, Yo, you, you don't you don't believe in Eric Nall? You don't stand behind him in his decision making? I, be- I do. I, I, I believe in him. I support him, but I don't stand behind him. Turning a new leaf over. You All right. In front of him now and just wide open for the world, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Bash Bros Podcast. I guarantee at this point, knowing how uh, each week of our life is completely changing. Um, Specifically, like, so, so Corey isn't here, but, but Brian and I are 80s babies. And I saw the best meme where it was like 80s babies have lived through six uh, different decades. There was the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, the 2020s and March. (laughs) <laughs> and and, and wow. so and and because things are just so drastically changing in all of our lives um i feel like we'll have a lot more to talk about next week and see how everyone's doing in quarantine week three um if you have any fun stories or anything interesting uh at us on twitter about how your quarantine is going and we would yeah. love to share those stories next week. If uh, if they make us laugh, they'll make the rest of us laugh. So, oh my God, wait! Can we start a can we start a hashtag like <laughs> they do on Jimmy Fallon on our Twitter thing? Is that something we can do? Well, yeah, we can we can do whatever you want, bro. This is ours, that, right? That sounds great. Well, actually, we got to talk to Time Ghoul. Stories. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll talk to Time Ghoul and then we'll figure it out. Cool, cool. All right. So anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. And just just remember, you can find our podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We will see you next week. Until then, peace out. Peace.